coming up, Messenger, Seppo and myself talk about all the travails and issues at Carlton and how they could be solved and what can be done to uh, bring them out of the mire that they find themselves in. We've released this as an extra because we found that it took up a fair bit of time and we didn't want it to take over the whole podcast. Please enjoy. Is Carlton looking to turn back time? Oh, yes, please. We'd like it to be 1987 again. <laughs> just, just for a little bit. Maybe even 81. We'll take that. Yeah. When salary caps were a thing of the past and oh, brown paper oh, bags ruled the world and accounting. That? That's <laughs> right. Was John it? Elliott was in charge. He of pure, pure virtue and stout of spine. <laughs> I'll give him spine, maybe not virtue. <laughs> Spineless. Now they'll scream into the ground when he dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'd take John Elliott back at Carlton now. You so would take, not. You'd take Stop Ratton, it. wouldn't you? Uh, I would take Ratton in a heartbeat. Can't have him. Well, you need, <laughs> I want Brendan Bolton. That's who I want. Who do you reckon is a prime candidate? Uh, anyone but... Warsfold's apparently ruled himself out of the race on Channel 7 and WA last night. Clever Warsfold. Well, I, I personally don't want one of those burnouts anyway. Mm. Seriously. But that's who, what Carlton do. Who wants no, a Carlton need to burnout. follow the Bulldogs and Saints model and get a Richardson or Beveridge type. Richard, Richardson was a Carlton assistant who got pissed off because we appointed Malthouse. That's how we ended how up at St Kilda. Everyone's talking about Stewie G. Stuart G. So who was the one who was a Carlton assistant? Was that Beveridge? Well, um, well, Warsfold was a Carlton assistant at one point. Oh, that's right, yeah. So, but then again, so was Ross Lyon. So was Alan Richardson. One of the Scott brothers? No, no, none of the Scott brothers were at Carlton that I remember. Isn't this the, the time of year when they, they everybody says, let's get Lee Tudor, and then he's promptly ignored? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now, I haven't heard his name at all this year, so maybe he is fine. I mean, there's talk about Voss. Who wants, seriously, Voss, Warswold, these guys that have been tried, and McKenna? Like, seriously. You've got you've got a five years of just horrendous shit in front of you. You may as well get somebody who's young and in, in, in it for the long haul. That's exactly it. And I but personally, I, I personally want Brendan Bolton, but so, I don't think we'll get him. I, I wouldn't come if I was him. Well, the thing is, too, you also want something that's not going to cost you a million bucks a year. Well, yeah. Why would you? Why would you? Why would you pay? Why would you pay somebody a million bucks a year when you could probably get Brendan Bolton at half the price? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't want a big name. I don't want him chasing. You know, can't the Ford can't pay anything more than probably five hundred thousand. Oh, <laughs> who knows? Well, what? It, I mean, I, honestly. Brendan Bolton would be my prime candidate. I mean, he won his first, he won he played what coached five games last year, won all five of them. Comes from the Hawthorne system. They're never going to take Ratton back. So this is the he's got uh, the right type of personality. When you look, look at Bolton and the presses and the way he's sort of like that smiling assassin type, he's, he's got enthusiasm. Perfect. Yeah, enthusiasm. He's, he's what probably Carlton need at the moment. He is exactly what we need. I was I I was I mean I don't like to rave on about other clubs' coaches, but the guy the guy had that he he, he wants to be the there. And I'm fed up with these coaches that turn up at Carlton press conferences, uh, you know, all grumpy and not so, you know. I want someone who's going to represent the club and be enthusiastic about it. That's what I Dave want. Dave Harvey. There you go. You can pinch him. You know, Robert Harvey was a Carlton assistant coach as well, and we don't want him. St Kilda well, don't even want him. Well, it'll be interesting to see if, he, if Bolton throws his hat in the ring. Because Hawthorne, Hawthorne won't stand in his way. If they do due diligence... 
then he's got to be a... Pro- I can't see how he's not a prime candidate. Walsall nearly had a nervous breakdown in his last year at West Coast. And, 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 he's, and he's smart enough to know that, that he shouldn't go back yet, uh, if ever. Ever. When... There'll be other, some other left-of-centre type person that they'll, they'll look at. And I imagine there's... You know, there must be... John Longmire must have a couple of assistants who might be... Who's due? And is due, has he got Tudor as well? Is Tudor one of his assistants? Where is Tudor these days? I thought he was he was one of John Longmire's assistants. I thought he was at North for some reason. Well, that no? could be right too. I don't know. He's he's been an assistant at about nine clubs. <laughs> um, who else has got assistants right for the plucking right now? Apparently, Suma wants to be a coach. We've got Brett Kirk <laughs> doing the AFL um, coaches certificate four, whatever it's called. I don't know if it goes one, two, three, four or something, but he's advanced in his coaching degree and would... he's been flagged as the next Rio coach after line what Brett Kirk he's up in 2017 Brett... really yeah. Captain New Brett Age Kirk. guy I wouldn't want Brett Captain Kirk, Kirk. Hmm. Uh, Stuart Jew he gets talked about a lot but I just don't see him as an inspirational coach bit dour isn't he and there's oh, who else is there there's John Blakey his, na- his name gets cool, yeah. thrown up in the ring. His name's been getting thrown up in the ring since like when him and Hinckley were running around applying for coaching jobs together. Hang Who's on, the Port Melbourne coach? That, What's that? Gary Ayres. Gary Ayres. Do you reckon Ayres would want... A, that, would be a, that yeah. would be a very Carlton choice. But having said that, I reckon I reckon probably he's about... I, I think in the words of... four years too late for Gary Ayres. I think in the words yeah. of Humphrey Appleby, that would be very courageous of the Carlton board. He would. He, he, he's probably got enough baggage from, particularly from his Geelong stint. But the truth of the matter is that Gary Ayres can coach. Oh, of course and, he can. Don't go undefeated and, at Port Melbourne for a year without it. Exactly right. So, yeah, the interesting. I mean, you could have knocked me down with a feather when Beveridge got plucked out because he was he was signed and sealed to St Kilda by that stage. Yeah, he was going as I can't remember what his title was at St Kilda. Was it? Director of coaching or something, something backroomy, and um, and Hawthorne had, had lost him at that stage. But uh, you could have knocked me down with a feather when they picked him up. Oh, he's a Footscray boy, Beveridge, isn't he? Oh, he played for St Kilda, and I think he played for Melbourne as well for a while, didn't he? But, yeah, but you mate. can't tell from the profile. I mean, you know, Leon Cameron. When Leon Cameron left Hawthorne, he was not that well regarded when he left Hawthorne. Like, nobody sort of went, oh, wow, he's going to be fantastic. They all sort of went, well, that's great. And if you talk to some Port people, they'll say exactly the same thing about Alistair Clarkson. When he left Port Adelaide, nobody sort of said, oh, gee, what a shame we're losing Clarko. Yeah. I mean, these guys, they, these guys, you make your own luck in this stuff. Well, you, really you look do. at how many times Hinckley was overlooked. I mean, there was a, he was applying for everything. Yeah. And, and I mean, Carlton overlooked him. St Kilda overlooked him. Brisbane overlooked him. But when was the last time Carlton put, picked an un, completely untried coach? It would be just about to be Robert Walls, wouldn't it? A completely untried. I think Ratton was untried, wasn't he? But he was a favourite son and assistant. Wayne Britton had never played a game of footy before in his life before he was appointed in not, uh, to take over from Parkin. That was in what, early 90s? That was 98, I think. 98, was it that late? Yeah, he was, he, he, was the, he was replaced by Pagan, so... I mean, it's been a whole generation since they've done it. 
but I mean, he was he was uh, he was Parkins' assistant coach at the end, so it was a pretty forward, straightforward replacement. But but talk, talking of um, uh, assistants that for which people lack regard, um, good luck with Johnny Barker. Sure. <laughs> I I I spent the I may have board absolutely on its back roll. It was just, as I said on the Hawthorne board. I said appointing John Barker is just the is just the icing on the cake. And I, I was reading the uh, the AFL Coaches Association want him to be paid, uh, want him to get a pay rise for the rest of the year. And I'm like, well, how about he vote your game first? Because as far as I'm aware, he's useless. Well, I, there there's a whole tranche of Hawthorne and St Kilda fan, fans that would agree. Oh no no! See, he was our forward coach. Um, where through well, basically until Malthouse sent him to defence because he was useless as a forward coach. You know, you know who I really want to get rid of, our ruck coach, Matthew Capuano. I want him fired out of a cannon. Well, the guys, I don't know what he's doing, but our ruckman you can't, don't. You can't make strawberry jam out of shit. I, I want the whole on-field coaching stuff. I want them gone. I want them all gone. I want. I, I want a clean out. Isn't well, Carlton yeah. still missing a national talent identification person? Oh, I could not give a crap about that. Well, that's the biggest issue. Well, I've been missing one of those for that, about 10 that's, years. Well, that's what, Sil- <laughs> that's what Silvani's putting together now. Oh, and I've got okay. some faith in Silvani to be able to do that, given where GWS are at the moment. So they did think G- um, Silvani's hmm. appointment's not one of the boys' club and he's part of the problem. He's the first step of a solution. Sil- or a good Silvani of might be one of the boys a long time ago. But he left the club, and I mean, he left the club in a bad way. And then he went to what Melbourne, St Kilda, GWS. I mean, he's he's done the hard yards. But but, but having said that, so he's, not, I don't know. he's not back amongst the same company, so it's a no. And yeah. and you know, the guys like Kernahan and all the all the old guard, they're well, at, at least at coaching level and player level, they're all gone. So is it almost a full? If you go, coach, list manager, operations, footy director. Bloody CEO, president, Cutler done a full turnover in two years. Uh, there's been a fair amount of turnover. There's still uh, there's still far too much influence on the board from rich benefactors, as it were. But there's been. Hey I mean, guys, the, quick the, question: um, Do you know how to? Is it Audio Boom or one of those things you can actually embed in a thread to actually get paid? Because I just pop sound, uh, SoundCloud. Ah, oh, SoundCloud. Because you can actually record direct to SoundCloud if you want. Because mm, SEN put a good um, little section on the run home about Cam McCarthy talking about Frio. And I've tried to paste the link onto our board and it's just on a link. But I thought it actually appeared. But it's SoundCloud, isn't it, that works and yeah, brings yeah. up a little box. Yeah. Hey, uh, Wookie, uh, uh, Ross Stevenson had it in Mel- on Melbourne Breakfast Radio, had a good line when they were talking about um, Silvani's uh, recruiting record at GWS. He said, oh, uh, John Anderson was like, oh, you know, he, he, he's done so well at GWS. And. And he said, sure, give me $10 million and tell me to go buy a car. I'm going to come back with a pretty good bloody car, aren't I? Yeah, but it's not that <laughs> It's not that easy. I mean, Carlton have had how many number one draft picks in the last... Yes. But you he, can have all had, the... You he's, look had, at, he's, had like, he's had like three dozen first-round picks or something ridiculous. Yes, I but mean, he's had no experience... He's had hardly any experienced players, and the ones that he has had have all been injured or crap. It, it's not... It's it's not as easy as just going, you know, I've got thirty, you know, top ten draft picks over the last six years and go, oh, I can make a I can make a champion team out of that. Some of them have gone, some of them are still there, some of them haven't developed. 
I think as a recruiting tool, I think it's as close to shooting fish in a barrel as you're going to get. You'd think so, but you still it's have not, to identify I mean, he's not, the he's right not doing, talent. He's not doing a job like Stephen Wells or Graham Wright where, you know, it's like he's pick 18, fashion something out of that. It's like, here you go, you've got, you've got four of the top 10 picks. Use them as you will for the next who's, five Who's years. the genius down at Geelong that's been credited with all the... That's Stephen collection. Wells. That's yeah, that's Stephen Wells. Yeah. And Stephen Wells hasn't had, I think, this was last year was the first time he's had a pick inside the top seven or eight or like that in a, in a decade. Wow. You know, and, and, and I mean, a lot of those, I mean, a lot of that, that really great Geelong team was formed out of the, out of the, the super draft of 2001 and, and Hawthorne's, you know, that first premiership side in 08 was formed out of a whole third of that team was out of two drafts, the 01 draft and the 04 draft. It's a shame you can't be said about Melbourne being formed out of their super draft. And <laughs> well, they were the going, only ones going... that whiffed in that top 10, pretty much. Yeah. The only ones that whiffed. All right. Uh, Message, what, what yeah. are your solutions then for, for Carlton? If, you're, if you're, you're an outsider, both of you are, yeah. where did Carlton go from here? Scrap the board, trim it back. Well, Get a good coach like the ones we just mentioned. Fill out their list management coaching staff and Alright, so you're, you're appointing a senior coach at Carlton. Who do you go for? Bolton, because I like his character and he's going to present well. I think you go for... Cheap. Yeah, and I think that's... All of those things are true. The, you know, I don't know if you... You might not have seen this, this on Fox Footy, but Chris Pelchin, who love him or loathe him, he did a really good assessment of Carlton. And the interesting things he said where he said... you should, and this is the sort of the Chris Pelcher playbook, which is get as many picks in the top 25 as you can. Hmm. So what is he saying without saying it is tank? <laughs> the problem well, is Carlton that, have but, this... But, but you, don't, you don't get multiple picks inside the top 25 without trading. So basically, anybody, I, I, I don't think there is anybody at Carlton, and I include Mark Murphy in that, who shouldn't be, who shouldn't be available to the highest bidder. No, and I agree with that. If wants to come in and offer a top 10 pick for Mark Murphy, I think you take it and you run. There's no one at Carlton, I think, that is that highly rated now that they shouldn't be tradable. I mean, it, the only guys you would say, say hands off are, are maybe guys who are very good and who are under 23, and you're only maybe talking about Chris and maybe Menzel, maybe. But really, Doherty. any of these guys... Yeah, that's about it. But you've got to honestly say, look, if you're making like Bryce Gibbs money and, and, and getting Bryce Gibbs production, well, then there's a mismatch, isn't there? Yeah. I, so I, I would... But the other thing he said too, the, the interesting thing, he said a team like Carlton has no business being anywhere near free agency. Yeah. They should not be spending massive money on established players at this point in their cycle. So no. something like Daisy Thomas is a complete mistake. And it has proven to be a complete mistake. Yeah, because bad bad organisations use free agency to fix their drafting fuck ups. Yeah, and you see this in the NBA, or I know the M, you know you don't like sort of American sports analogies, but it's true. Bad teams use free agency and spend more money on mediocre players than they should because they don't draft well. And they're the ones that also trade away their future draft picks for you and, know and, and sacrifice and know the future, and that's what's going to happen with the AFL eventually. Well, I tell you what, trading future draft picks, let me tell you, it is the road to hell. Yeah. 
No, no, he's no. He's the argument. road to hell, and I tell, and, and you and I'll back it in that some team will do it, and and their fans will just rip their hair out. It'll be Melbourne or Carlton or some shittily run organisation or St Kilda probably most likely who'll trade away a future first. It's going to cause price inflation and trading. It'll probably gum up the works in the first year. You'll have these time bombs floating around with these first round draft picks or whatever it'll end up being. Yep. And it'll always it'll always comes back to bite you on the ass. Always. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Absolute disaster. But, yeah, I think they've got a... I know you know what, like five-year plans, but there's no quick way out of it. Yeah. Why the fuck Stephen Trigg is at that football club is beyond me. Yeah, no, it mystified me as well. There's... there's The whole situation at Carlton has mystified me since, you know, that whole 2012-2013 era. But the appointment of Trigg baffled me no end, given his track record wasn't great. You know, having just come off a salary cap cheating scandal and all sorts of... You'd think he'd be the last person you'd want to bring to Carlton of all teams. But there he is, and... You know, yeah. he's hardly providing inspiring leadership at the moment. It's just... You know, we're lurching from one disaster to another at Princess Park, and it's not getting any better. Uh, having to pay out Malthouse now is going to put further strain on our finances, whatever Trigg said yesterday. It's, you know, the board is still controlled by you know, these money people. Mm. And honestly, I, I know there are plenty of plenty of Carlton people on various boards and forums that are calling for a, a spill of the board. <sighs> but you've got to be proactive about it. You know, you can't just start a change.org petition and hope that someone reads it because that's not how boards get removed, so... No, and then when you end up with a... Also, when you end up with a, um, you know, a a, a grassroots-led thing where, you know, certain people are coaching... Yeah, what you end up with is the Essendon situation, which you end up appointing, you know, school teachers and and shop stewards to, you know, put on your board because the fans like them and because they say the right things about the right people. So... Really, you you know you you want to get serious people, and you 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 do the business of football better than anybody I know on Big Footy. You know what the sort of caliber of people there are on club boards. Yeah, yeah. You have a look at the Fremantle board. You have a look at the Hawthorne board, the Collingwood board. These people are captains of industry. They're, yeah, those boards. You could change the name, take the football club away, and put any top one hundred corporation on top, and you go, oh yeah, that's the board. That makes sense. I was I was looking at Carlton's board makeup the other night, and there are some you know there are some good folks on there. Ahmed Fahur is highly rated, yeah. But it amuses me no end that the head of Australia Post was paid two hundred and sixty four thousand dollars by Carlton for postage in his uh, in his tenure on the board last year. Amuse me no end, no end at all. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. <laughs> How the hell does that happen? It literally says postage two hundred and sixty four thousand dollars. But yeah, you're right. You look at Fremantle's board and you look at West Coast board and uh, the Gold Coast board, even um, GWS's board. These, these, and they're all they, they are all captains of industry. They're all highly respected people. The, the chairman of GWS is the Tony Shepherd, who's highly re- respected over in Sydney. 
Um, I think he's the he's on the uh, SCG Trust and all that sort of thing. Like Carlton just have these people that have been hanging around for decades, you know, surviving on their own. I don't know, like vampires. It's but you, but you get people that sort of one of the people that Hawthorne had when they were rebuilding and they brought on the board was Janine Ellis. Yeah, who was the founder of Boost Juice. And it was that entrepreneurial sort of, this is how you build something from the ground up type thing. Now, Janine's no longer on the board and they've got probably a more a more senior thing, but you get people in to sort of suit where you are as an organisation as well. And you need <coughs> different perspectives, you need different life experiences, you need, you need football experience, but you also need the business side of things and you mm. need the organisational building Type I think that, as well. I think that's why a lot of well, not a lot of clubs. I think there's four clubs now that they only allow the members to elect a certain number of board positions, and then the board appoints a certain number of positions themselves. Uh, I think Collingwood, Essendon, Richmond, and Footscray. Uh, basically, the board appoints three members themselves, and those members have been people of influence, people of industry, um, yeah. you know, people with experience in things that the club needs, and you can only. You look at Richmond's um, expenditures; uh, they're, they're turning a much larger profit than they should be on the on the revenue they're getting. I mean, mm. they, they have a low revenue for the, the profit they're getting. Yeah. So, you know, they, they might not be making as much money as Carlton, um, but they're certainly uh, making more profit out of it. Which, you know, the good boards are self perpetuating now, and if and if the, the, the members have the, have trust in the board then the board really gets so much more scope to pick the next guy mm. and say, okay, we think this guy's really good. So a lot of the Hawthorne board elections you see come to, they'll have people come in and they'll say, we want this guy to come in and be part of this ticket. And they almost go in unopposed because there's mm. so much trust in the guys who are there because of the track record they've already got that they they get to cherry pick it. Yes, they're voted on. But it's almost a fait accompli, yeah. the way it's done, because of the success. If you've got a board that nobody trusts, they say, hey, we, we think this guy's great. Well, I said, well, you're no fucking good. Why should we trust this bloke? It's, it's, it's an amusing thing for me, because one of the people touted to come into Carlton is Tom Elliott, who is John Elliott's son. Oh, God. And one of the... Um, the, the Carlton board at the moment has, I believe, Craig Matheson, who is the son of Bruce Matheson, Yes. Who wields a lot of influence around the club as it is. Uh, Janine Pratt, or Jenny Pratt, is on the is the vice president of Carlton yeah. and obviously wields a lot of... She does put a lot of money into the club, though. Uh, yes. She consistently puts in a million dollars a year, which is pretty handy at the moment. Money, <laughs> at the money moment. of course, being speech. Yeah. Um, yes. And then there's, you know, but the trade-off for that is her son-in-law... Raphael Jemander, I think he is, yeah. is is on the board as well. So there's there's a lot of um, you know there's a lot of people that have been around for a long. I think twelve years is the maximum term under the Carlton Constitution for a board member, uh, as opposed. I think Hawthorne has an eight year maximum. Might even be six. Yeah, eight. I think, I think it's, it's certainly eight. for eight or six. I can't remember. I know. That... Um, Kenneth put it in deliberately like that to say. Kenneth you know, did. Yeah. And, and Hawthorne have been inordinately lucky in their um, in their leaders have been extraordinarily visionary, and Carlton have nothing like that. 
but the interesting thing about I mean Kennet, one of the things that Kennet's legacy is, is like it's you deliver or you go. Yeah. And that's been Kennet's legacy at the at a board level, is that we don't let you sit there on your ass for fifteen years, you know, you know, getting a get a club tie. It's like you have to bring something to the table. And if you don't bring something to the table, well, there's the door. Yeah. And that's all the time we have available for this this week. But thank you very much for your contributions, guys. We'll be back resuming for the main podcast shortly. <laughs>